Just before we begin today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today at Magic Studios in West Perth. Concussion has reshaped the lives of Chris Love and Brendan Veria. They are both mates, have played football at a semi-professional level and suffered the ongoing effects of concussion and their struggles are real and relatable. They are the co-founders of In Between the Ears, aiming to provide education and awareness regarding the effects concussion can have, not only in sport and football, but the wider community. Through their personal experiences of battling alone, they are determined to open the eyes of those who don't take concussion seriously. This episode is a fascinating example of the power of shared experience. We hope you enjoy this episode and take concussion like they do, seriously. If this episode triggers anything for you, Lifeline is a 24-hour support service. They can be contacted on 13 11 14. Bush Footy Legends is presented by the WA Country Football League in partnership with Healthway, promoting the Think Mental Health message. It's great to have Chris Luff and Brendan Verrier from In Between the Years join us for our latest episode of Bush Footy Legends. In Between the Years, Concussion Awareness Foundation. Men, uh, welcome to Bush Footy Legends and great to, great to have you in the studio. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tim. Excited. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, your, your background, In Between the Years, can you, can you tell us a bit you know, on, on how this came about and um, I suppose your own personal stories are, I suppose, quite powerful in this. Yeah, so in regards to me, In Between the Years started over a, a coffee um, most with, good, most good things. Yeah, <laughs> like most things do. And I suppose it, it came about after an 18-month um, journey in recovery of my own concussion. Um, I, I grew up playing footy for, for Peel Thunder, um, had a couple of concussions there, nothing nothing serious or nothing that I took serious at the time. 2015, moved up and played with South Fremantle Footy Club and um, Started my apprenticeship, um, played a, played in and out of the sort of the the league team, and in 2017 received a big uh, sling tackle, head slapped against the ground, and and that short sort of was the with the starting point of, of my concussion journey. Um, from there, uh, if you fast forward nine months later, I wasn't playing football. Um, I'd lost a lot of weight. Uh, I was no longer working my trade as a boilermaker, mainly because I wasn't aware of the repercussions and the seriousness of a concussion. Um, I did a lot of things early on that, that, that you shouldn't have and sort of prolonged my recovery. And, um, you know, 18 months later, I, I'd finally gotten better and, and, and started my conversation with Freshie and, um, and thought, what can we do so no one has to go through what we did? So you um, both shared your own experiences together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as, I, as I started sort of getting better, Brendan had... Mm. Had just got concussed. Yeah, it was around the same time. Funnily, hey, how it all it all just happened. Like, um, Chris obviously had his concussion, and then I had mine. Um, went through mine, and um, I was lucky enough that I, you know, kind of had him there by my side to guide me through it because uh, it is a lonely place if you if you're on your own, and that's what we're kind of figuring out with other people suffering as well when we've been in this uh, concussion space. So, yeah, a bit about myself. Um, uh, played local footy down Quinana, went through the ranks down at South Fremantle, playing all the um, the development teams, went into Colts. Um, actually had my first concussion at Colts footy. It was probably my biggest one. Um, yep. Fully blacked out um, and pulled up really well. Obviously, you know, had the week off and played the next week um, and didn't really think much of it. And then fast forward, um, playing league footy four or five years later, um, had a minor concussion. Um, well, I didn't get knocked out, so at the time... I generally thought I was okay. Uh, I was a fringe player in the team, always in and out, and I, I always just held injuries within myself. Even like you know, um, you know, saw 
you know, sore body or shoulder, you always, I always just tend to not really tell anyone. Because soldier I, on. Yeah, soldier on, play that tough guy. And yep. um, unfortunately, that was the case of my concussion. Um, I got, yeah, I got this concussion. The doctor came over. I said I was, I got up, I said I was fine um, and continued on. Uh, luckily, there was only 30 seconds left of the game, so the siren went. Had a little bit of a headache and um, it was funny enough that we had our... Uh, uh, annual uh, South Rio party that night so and there was no way I was missing that um, yep. at the time with obviously being uneducated around the space and um, recently broke up with my girlfriend and I just thought um, we'll have a swear in here mate I thought oh, <laughs> we'll, try, we'll, try, we'll try and keep we'll try and keep this we'll try and keep like this PG <laughs> yeah. um, there's nothing wrong with a disclaimer yeah. <laughs> so yeah I just thought uh, yeah bugger it um, I decided to head out and uh, drink a ton of alcohol hey and yep. um, with a minor headache and then um, obviously my brain was inflamed from the knock and um, that escalated. I still hid my symptoms from the team doctors. I had blurred vision, I had headaches yep. and I didn't want to uh, lose my spot in the team. I said, all right, if I try and get through this game next week, hopefully I'll be all right the next week. You know, the, the, the symptoms might just go away. Yep. Uh, played the next week, had a few uh, knocks and bumps around. Um, I uh, didn't really have any big knocks, luckily, but uh, the next day I couldn't get out of bed and that's when I thought, wow, this is pretty serious. So, um, yeah, um, Shane's Luffy, you know, you know, over a year of symptoms, I mm. tried coming back, uh, still early, probably didn't have the correct recovery time, uh, still had a couple of concussions on the way through, so I had like three in two months or something, and oh, wow. then that escalated through like, yeah, 18 months of, um, uh, yeah, uh, symptoms, so I missed the whole season the year after, tried coming back. Uh, first game of the season, just got a little bump and everything just came back, and um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy ride, hey, and um, you know, uh, finally found a pathway over that time. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a huge time where I was working as a chip rocker. I was a, I was a tradie at the time. Yep. Um, didn't really want to uh, tell anyone about my, how I was feeling. Yep. I just thought I just felt like when you when you're stuck in these little ruts, you just you just get used to them and mm-hmm. you just think it's a new norm and you just get along with life. You just feel unhuman. Um, you know, getting to work, lifting up chip rock sheets, getting vertigo attacks, and um, got to the point where my mental health started spiraling because I just thought I was going crazy and um, yep. no one could really tell me what was going on. You might be thinking that you're quite lonely, like you're the only person suffering this, but really the reality oh, is there's, there's a lot, there was a lot of people out there. Mate, I thought, I thought, yeah, I was so lucky that Chris was by my side because honestly, like, I might not even be here, man, to yep. be honest. Um, like, I just had that one one person by my side, which just helped me so much because it was so lonely. Hey, like, cause you just think, because everyone thinks you're okay because, yep. like, yeah, it's just an invisible injury. and It's not like a hamstring or a knee no. where you see, like, yeah, we were talking about it before we started, that, um, yeah, you go through a rehab process and you have to do this before you can return to the field. But, yeah, invisible mm. injury, do we see that with concussion? Yeah, and, and coaches, you know, if you do your hamstring, the doctors and coaches will be like, you know, you're not going back on the field. There's yep. there's a return to play product protocol with a hammy. Yeah. Um, just because we can't see the injury in the brain does not make it any less important. Mm. Um, we've got hammies; they they repair. Yeah. Um, we got two of them. We can live without one if we had to, but yep. we've only got one brain, and that that's yep. that is super super important because if that thing's injured, you've got to live with that for the rest of your life. So mm. we need to take it just as seriously as a as a hamstring. So right now, there's probably some listeners going. You're on Bushfooty Legends. We're t- chatting to two guys who played at South Fremantle. The, aware, the reason why you're on the um, on this podcast is there's no doubt there's a lot of people out there in country football leagues right now who might have had the same story as you, Brendan, where they literally went, okay, I'm just going to toughen this out or I'm not appreciating the injury I've actually got. I want to play. I desperately want to play. But who knows? You know, we can we need to I suppose create a bit more awareness in the country of this of these of the of this. 
Definitely, and 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 what we always say, you know, learn from our mistakes. Like, if you can do the right things early on, the first yep. seventy-two hours, that can have a huge impact on your recovery. Um, you know, it's not going out and getting on the piss that night, and yep. you know, just got a bit of a headache. We need to take these things seriously. Like, I, I played out in Northern, and a couple of years off from South Fremantle, um, and I remember seeing a guy getting fully stiff arm, knocked out completely, and yep. the runner coming out just trying to go, "Here's some Panadol," and we need to change the culture around someone um, who thinks it's tough or the right thing to do to push through this sort of injury. We need to be able to create a space where teammates go, you know what, mate, you're not okay. You need to get off the field and go yep. get this seen to because that's the tough thing to do, to put your hand up and say you're not okay. And, and you know, it's this easy thing to do to try and push through. There is like return to play protocols now coming out from the AFL in regards to community football now, but is, is it a case, do you think, that the actual person who is concussed probably doesn't appreciate, still appreciate the severity of that? of their injury they've received. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think the bare minimum of having 12 days off is, is a great start. Yeah. Um, but there's still stuff you can be doing early on, like, yeah. you know, icing an ankle after rolling it. Yeah. There's stuff you can be doing early on to better prepare your brain and help it heal. What was some of the um, – Fresh, you've, I suppose you've detailed some of your symptoms. What was yours, Chris, pretty similar? Yeah, so early on, you know – um, hypersensitivity to light. Um, I wouldn't be able to read the plans on my drawings um, yep. as a boilermaker. Um, headaches, uh, nausea. But because of these symptoms and not treating them, um, my anxiety, uh, my mental health starting to worsen. Yep. And, and, and this is a directly link, you know, concussions and, mm. and, and mental health. Um, it got to the point where I remember driving down to, to see my parents and I felt like a someone had hit me in the stern and with a baseball bat and a feeling of, feeling of death had sort of rushed over me. Really? Um, completely freaking out. I, yeah. I pulled the car on the side of the road and hot sweats walking up and down the side of the road and um, not knowing what was going on. But what I what I found out is I was having my first anxiety attack. Now, yeah. I'd been on the other side of the fence where I thought anxiety was a load of shit. Um, I thought people just needed to toughen up and, and yeah. push through that. But I'm so, so grateful now I've experienced that because I realise... Um, I realised how scary that can be, mm-hmm. and you know. So not only was it the symptoms that were that were challenging to live with, but it was the my mental health as well that also took a whack. How hard was it for both you to maybe be a lot more open in what you've actually gone through, to to share that not only you know with each other and people you know closely, but now what you're doing mm. in between the years. Initially, super tough, but now mm-hmm. um, now it's it's every time I speak about it, it's a more weight off my shoulders and. Yep. And I know it's helped a couple of people. And mm. for that, for me, like that's mm. worth any hidden shame or worry about it. Mm. But like that, it doesn't bother me anymore. Like, because yeah. I, I know people are going through this and they just need to hear someone else be able to speak about it. Yeah. And it gives them the, the courage and power to yeah. put their hand up. What we say, like, you know, as funny as this might sound, like, we both wouldn't change anything what we've yep. been through because it's definitely, um, we're using our experience as a positive for, for, to help others and change the sporting culture around concussion. Yep. And, you know, you know, that's just um, just a beautiful thing to be a part of like mm-hmm. yeah i think it's um yeah using our experiences positive for sure it just made um us better people like i think we take our health a lot more seriously now and yep. um and, and trying to um help others through what they're going through as well it's just um yeah it's it's pretty grateful hey yeah you've, you've worked with a, a few people to overcome um i suppose their own symptoms and their own experience how, how is, have you found that the i suppose is it re- the reward or the yeah oh, i feel i feel i feel a little yeah. bit um <laughs> i feel selfish sometimes doing it because the kick i get out of helping people mm. far outweighs any 
any monetary or any value come yep. that come back at us. You know, like um, Jaren, the one guy, Jaron Keese, who I, I raised money for um, uh, a couple yep. of months ago. So played football for the Dunsborough Muleys down in the southwest. Yes, yep. yeah, down in the great mm-hmm. southwest. And Jaron is a fantastic human being, someone that we're close with, and I can't speak more highly enough and I know he wasn't comfortable about receiving this money but when I first spoke to him Tommy Bottrell put me on to him um, I had a conversation and automatically I knew that that what I was already doing this run I was like I, I need to be able to somehow help him mm. because the stresses of his medical bills after the initial injury of both his yep. spinal injury and concussion um, is an ongoing thing two and a half yep. years past so it's it's the ripple effect that has and the stress it puts on his family supports hard. So Jaron, of course, in 2018 suffered a spinal injury and severe concussion playing for the Muleys and um, also he obviously still struggles with those ongoing symptoms. How did, how did you get in contact with him? Yeah. How, was, how, 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 how did your relationship with him start? Yeah, it started basically uh, Tom Bottrell, um, part of the commission, reached yeah. out to me yeah. and, and he said, look, um, could you mind giving Jaron a call and just have a bit of a chat about what he's going through? I think, yeah. you know, maybe you guys can link up and talk yep. about things. And I remember I was going to see Freshy on the way, going down to the beach for a run and called Jaron and I ended up speaking to him for 35 minutes. And I didn't tell him at the time, but I got off the phone straight away and said to Brendan, I was like, mate, like, this is something we can we can do and make an impact for someone else. Like, that's mm. the big thing, like how, how we can help someone mm. else. Yep. Um, and that's sort of how it came about. So one of the great questions is, uh, Freshy, why didn't you run the ADKs as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great it's a great question. Oh, um, yeah, uh, I, the time wasn't right, I think. Uh, I, I definitely the time is never right to run ADKs. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, um, I've got some big plans coming up. So, yeah. Um, yeah but I Brendan played a massive role in that. Like, yeah. the scenes <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. Were you handing a glass of water? Yeah, I was a water, yeah. I was a water boy, so... <laughs> Oh, that was, yeah, that that whole Margaret River experience was yep. just like unbelievable. Like all, all um, you know, Chris's family and his friends, we got around him, and um, it was just a beautiful day. Like um, we had um, a couple other people who experienced concussion come down as well and get around the day. And that's probably worth speaking about, Keegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another one who we've helped as well, Keegan Power. He yep. um, uh, he played for Peel Thunder, and he's had a few big concussions, and um, he kind of went through kind of what I fit went through with vertigo attacks and vestibular mm. um, disorders and stuff and um, he just come across didn't, I didn't know him a bar of soap but he come across um, our page on Instagram seeing what we're doing we, just, we always put up content about like brain health and yep. um, you know things you can do uh, to get better and um, yeah he just uh, come across our Instagram and he just like randomly messaged us and uh, I got his number I said oh mm. give us a call we actually caught up for a coffee I remember him walking he was just um, you know, nervous as pale, pale in the face. Yeah. He just looks like really like just unsure. He just had no answers, and I was his last kind of resort, I think, because yep. he he's seen doctors. They were just telling him to sit in the room and do nothing, and he just mm. like had enough. So like, I just gave him like, um, you know, what helped me. And mm. um, after the conversation, I just felt like he was a different person. Just having um, sharing your experiences with someone else and be able to re- relate to someone. And he he, you know, after that, he just. Stuck at, a, stuck at a few things that um, I helped him through and he's, he's finally nearly got out of it and then since then he's um, created his own concussion like a um, clothing brand called Blurred. Yep. So he's created his own business and, and 5% um, of the money that they make is going to us which is just wow. like, yeah, it's just so humbling to have, you know, to help someone and then they go on to do bigger and better things and then help us in return. It's just like, it's just a, yeah, great way of, um, 
you know, it's just it's just so cool to see that him he's getting himself out there and getting better, and not only just getting better, he's all right. What can I do to make yeah. um, concussion awareness more um, recognised? So. And all he had to do, and, and all he did was chat to someone who'd gone through that. Yeah, it's just simple. Yeah. yeah, the power of shared experience is very, very underrated. Did you read that off my page? No, it is. Oh, you got okay. it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 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 coffee, mate. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the biggest thing we found is that yeah. like we had no one to reach out to, and like yeah. So when you yeah, yeah. Like, how far did you actually seek or? Um, Francis, how far did you mm. reach? So yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so four four different GPs initially. Yeah. Um, now because I was presenting with my anxiety, yeah, their answer was here anti antidepressants. Now, not saying that's not the answer or it is the answer. Yeah. That for me didn't work, but yep. for me that was a band aid to the real issues. Went to a neurologist. They said yep. the same thing. Um, this was like nine months in, and I was listening to a podcast. Um, a guy called Dr. Mark Gordon. He treated. Uh, Afghan war vets coming back from war with shock blast trauma of the brain. Um, He had created this protocol and it was a concussion recovery protocol and linked up with doctors all around the world, one of them being in Sydney. Um, I'd just finished working in my job, so I wasn't working. I was on the bones of my ass, like Mm -hmm. in a deep, deep hole, not knowing where to turn. I went to South Fremantle. Tom Botcher was the CEO at the time. And I said, look, boys, this for me is my last... I don't know where else to turn. Like I found this doctor... Um, can you help me out? And they got me over there to Sydney to see this guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm forever grateful for that for that club being able to help me out with that because that changed my life. After meeting with him within two weeks, my anxiety started to yeah. drop just knowing I had a pathway to recovery mm. and someone who I could speak to and understand what I was going through. So initially you retired in 2017 from the cushion? Yeah, and it, yeah, midway through 2017. Yeah. Um, Story gets pretty good here. <laughs> midway through <laughs> so just before June 30 um, yeah. uh, mate Blaine Wilson was teaching out in Northern he convinced me to go play for the Northern Railways yeah um, went the out June there. 30 deadlines <laughs> yeah the June 30 <laughs> those, 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 you know, those, those country football listeners will know exactly the points yeah. of June 30 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember driving out there in my first game. I was wanting to pull my car into the ditch on the side of the road because I was terrified of walking back out in the field and yep. what happened if I got another hit. Um, and so this s- is only weeks. Sorry, this is only weeks after you've. you've this is not. This isn't the same season as you've retired. No, this is probably. This is twelve months later. Twelve months later. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went out there and and I remember the first half of footy, scared shitless. Uh, it took a big couple of hip and shoulders for me to realise yep. I'd done the work and I was now recovered. Yep. From there on then, it was awesome. Like we, we went through, from that game on, we didn't lose a game, won the grand final, had an awesome year with a mm. bunch of absolute legends. Yep. Went back the following year and played with Northern. And then um, in 2020, last year, um, shortened season at yep. waffle level. And knowing that I wouldn't be able to get through the full <laughs> year, my body breaking down. So you come back to the waffle? Yeah, year, yeah, yeah, I had an opportunity to, to yeah, to, to make some sort of an impact. And yeah. I suppose walked away with a premiership that sure and yeah, this is like yeah. there's gonna be a movie made on this. How was that no, I, I might as well touch on it. How, how was that feeling, you know, receiving the medal? I suppose the those twenty four hours, you know, mm. final siren. Yeah, it's, it still feels surreal when someone, you know, says calls me a premiership player or something, mm-hmm. I, I feel uncomfortable about it. Um yep. 
but it's it, it I think it was just an awesome cap and icing on the cake for me to mm. to finish off a journey in a chapter of my life. And was it already were you always going to retire regardless, win, lose, or draw after that grand final? Um, I, yeah, I knew. I just I just wanted to play one game to prove myself I could still do it. Yeah. Um, mm. And the club was so supportive. They were like, "You don't have to do this. You don't have to come back. You don't have to do anything." This. They were so supportive and. Yep. Um, I'm just glad I could be a part of something special. Yeah, and you're both getting a kick at the moment down at Eaton Boomers in the Southwest Footy League. How's that? Brendan how's, how's definitely, definitely is. He's been oh, what's happened with you? <laughs> oh, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just slow. And just, just a brick wall, mate. Professional ultra marathon runner. Yeah, slow. You're just doing bob laps around around the boundary. Yeah, yeah. How is how's how's that going down there, mate? It's it's awesome. Hey, so I I hadn't played for a couple of years and then I got a yeah. Phone when was call. your when was your last game? Yeah, yeah. So I played for South. Fremantle in I think it was 2019 yep. my last game halfway through the season got another clip and um, just thought I'd call it quits there and I focus on in between the years and then um, yeah just got the itch again um, two years later um, yeah and went down to Eaton uh, with Luffy um, and yeah it's it's been awesome like same with Luff I was I was a bit like you know like a bit um, you know a bit nervous coming in but same exactly same as soon as I got that first knock I was like wow like I've done all the work I've you know um, I, my body's healed, my brain's you know, healed as well, and I'm ready to go. So, yeah, and then, yeah, uh, eight games in now, I think, and, um, yeah, it's been awesome. Hey, like, the boys are really good. Um, the level of footy is actually, like, is, yeah. is it's, like, it's really surprised mm. me, hey, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there's some awesome plays out there, and, yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I take my hat off to the league, hey, like, it's just a really good comp. I think a few clubs take advantage of the June 30 rule down there as well. They get a, get a few in, but no, it is a very good standard comp- very yeah. good standard country competition. So glad you're both um, enjoying it. Um, the awareness and the education you guys are doing um, with clubs in the community. Can you touch on that, about that now and what yeah. that involves. Yeah, um, Marty Atkins of, of South Fremantle was have been really supportive of helping us um, get in between these off the ground. We spoke at. A, um, at East Fremantle and South Fremantle AGM, and yep. just got up in front of us and uh, in front of all the clubs there, and just said, "Look, this is yeah, what the junior districts, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. junior districts, yeah." yeah. Yep. Got up the front and said, "Look, this is what we want to do. This is our stories. This is how we think we can help educate and raise awareness around concussion and potentially save any players going through what we did." Mm. And um, and and we've had we had a great response. We, we we've probably been to about ten different footy clubs now, yep. going out and speaking to them, and you know some some clubs. Um, there was been lots of parents, some clubs, lots of players, and, and we're trying to encourage players, parents, everyone involved in a football club that needs to be on board and aware around this concussion. If, yeah. if it's power in numbers, if a whole club can be um, on board with this stuff, then the better chance they have of, of little Johnny re- recovering well. Some mm. sh- some shocked by this, the stuff they hear? Y- yeah, well, it's pretty, like, our stories are pretty raw, like, yeah. um, you know, with all our mental health that went along the way, but, um, like... Yeah, it, it definitely it's a very impactful. Hey, like we always get people coming up after going, wow! And everyone's every club's got a concussion story. Hey, the yep. more mm. the longer we've been in this game, like you just hear concussions everywhere. Hey, mm. like you'd be surprised. It's very very common. Hey, when it's the invisible injury, you don't really t- you, know, you don't really hear much from it. But when you actually start going around footy clubs and yep. hey hey like little kids getting concussed and mm. not knowing what to do, and yeah, it's a very serious issue that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. And, and we make it really clear as well, and I should probably yeah, say this yeah, now yeah, as a disclaimer, yeah. is that we're definitely not experts yep. or professionals in the medical space. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just speaking from our experiences, yep. and we've been lucky to um, pair up with the leading concussion specialists in WA yep. from Curtin Uni who have provided all the information mm-hmm. um, for us for our presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we piggyback off all that info and we just say, hey, look, this is what 
help for us. This is what works for us. It won't work for everyone, but mm. um, you know, th- these are things that you can do to yep. to recover. What's your greater vision for this? I suppose looking looking ahead. Sky's the limit, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like I I we truly think this should be mandatory. Yep. Around every every not just footy. We're only doing footy because we've been in this. In That's the, your vehicle, like your mate, experience. Yeah, yeah, mate. There's yeah. every sport, like you know, even surfing, like mm. <laughs> like skateboarding. And then once like, again, yeah. like sport only holds sport. a certain amount of concussions in the community. There's people with slip strips and falls. There's yep. elderly. There's kids on playgrounds. There's like this car accidents. Yeah. So we're starting in footy. We want yeah. to get across to schools. Yep. Um. We 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 have this vision of being Australian wide and, and having it mandatory that clubs need to sit through a concussion awareness um, session yep. um, something whether it's with us or without we don't care but we yeah. this needs to be said it's a 25 minute thing and people need to need, people need to hear it uh, are your observations of what you see in country football um, clubs and, and leagues are probably pretty similar to what you see in Metro do you think like there's a maybe in the country this isn't taken as seriously as it potentially could be Knowing the old yeah. country blokes who might want to, yeah, like you were saying earlier, Fred, you just you want to just tough tough it out and, yeah. and be the tough guy. Definitely, I, I, I had someone reach out from from Exmouth, and you know the boys go down to Carnarvon and play, and mm. someone may get a hit, but they've got a six hour bus ride home, and they're going to be getting on the piss on the way yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's just normal, like yeah, yeah. because they don't know. I don't think they know the seriousness of the concussion and if they do yep. something wrong how bad it can turn out so what what can happen if, if that's that, that's a situation or yep. i suffer a concussion um yep more often than not people want to have a, have a beer after a game of football yep. what 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 Im- impact does that have on the concussion yeah so we so we all know that alcohol is an inflammatory um has an inflammatory response on the body now yep. Once you had been concussed, there's a lot of trauma to the brain and it becomes inflamed. Mm-hmm. So you need to do everything you can to um, eat foods without and uh, f- foods and drinks without inflammatory um, properties to it. Yep. So drinking that alcohol will just um, make those symptoms, uh, make everything a lot worse. And like if you did a hemi, you'd be yeah, you'd, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it would just yeah. be the, the recovery time will be longer. Yeah, and then if and then if you go back. A, you know, a little early and then obviously had a couple of drinks after the game or whatnot, like, you know, one week can turn into five and five weeks can turn into 10 and 10 weeks can turn into two years. Like, Mm. but at the same time, like, it's not a death sentence. Like we drum on this all the time with Mm. with parents and that because, oh my God, I don't want want my kid playing foot anymore, but that's not... You don't want to scare them. No, not at all. Footy played a big part in everyone's life, you know, like mentally, physically and getting around the community and social aspects. And um, it's just like, if, if, um, if everyone was just taking it more seriously, um, these things won't happen. So it's just trying to change the culture a little bit because we want people playing footy because mm-hmm. um, it's just like do the, do everything right early and then yep. you can you know play hard, play safe is, is kind of mm-hmm. like what we, we go about. So, um, yeah. S- similar view? Yeah. 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 Sorry, what was the question again? I can't remember. The culture. You switched off. Um, <laughs> the co- the culture, I suppose, changing the culture. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that and that goes. And we've been to many clubs now that the parents are still saying and telling the kids to get back out in the field. Yeah. Like, yeah. but then some clubs are fully onto yeah. it. And, and I'm not saying those like the, what those parents are doing. Mm. Well, it is bad, but mm. maybe they just don't know any better. Yeah. So I think it's creating mm. both the players, the coaches. Uh, the parents, everyone should be on board and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, just having a better space. It's like where mental health was probably four or five years ago. Yeah. We need to speak about it yep. um, and give people the ability to put their hand up and if they're not okay and go, you know what, banking cast, I'm not going back on. Yeah, so you've had some experience. You talk about the, um, the 
the, the experience with Jaron, how he was a bit tentative, but when he had a chat with you, it's sort of the but the weight was the weight yeah, lift off his shoulder. He felt, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have like you've gone, you guys have gone through that, and he's spoken with you. But if if I suffered a concussion at my club, you want that conversation, just a general conversation. Eve can, can in, I can just speak with anyone at mm. the club. It doesn't have to be someone who's gone no, through yeah. concussion. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You don't need to... I blurted that out eventually, but yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah. to <laughs> you, don't need to have, you don't need to wear that burden on your own. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and I suppose the the awareness of that is um, is going to be ongoing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, just, I suppose, the one, the one for me is well, what, are, what are some of the, you know, the common symptoms that people can be looking out for? They've suffered a concussion and they don't quite know what's wrong with them you, you talk about um you both, both what you guys have mm. experienced what, what are those people looking out for when us and when they feel after they have a concussion yeah well it, like obviously like the the main symptoms are kind of like my headache like lack yeah. of energy you have yep. a massive energy drop yep. and you wouldn't feel like getting out of bed and you lift your arms and um dizziness and blurred vision yep um your sensitivity to lights what luffy went through yep. noise mm-hmm. um but we we call it a like to what can you do? Like, how can you control this? And we call it concussion checklist. That yep. we, the things you can do. Like, there's a whole broader things. Like, obviously, diet with Luff, what Luffy went through. Yep. And I kind of went down a different path for Luffy, which was like the vestibular with the vertigo kind of stuff okay. that I went through. So that's um, I had to get my heart rate up to a certain point and um, uh, shake my head around and do cognitive training, like brain okay. training, like yep. counting numbers on the wall, all jumbled up, just to get that. Um, you know, get my brain used to thinking and moving again. Mm. Um, you know, meditation helped me a lot. Um, you know, even like with your neck, you can get like physio checkups because sometimes it not, might not actually be um, a concussion. It could be like neck damage, which makes you have a headache anyway. So mm. there's a whole broader things that will be on our website anyway, you ever have a look on and um, you know, things that you can do. Uh, and I think it's important to realize that you don't need to be A, knocked out to be concussed. So yeah, some of the yeah. worst concussions, I've, some of the worst concussions people get are the ones that they're not actually knocked out. Okay. So um, my, my both of our hits, we got up and played out the rest of the game, and that that couldn't yep. have been any worse because it was the follow-up hit that is the most dangerous one. Yep. And you don't need to be hit in the head to be concussed. Um, a lot of concussions just happen because of the whiplash of the head and the brain mm. knocking around on the inside of the skull. Yep. So mm. they're, they're like a couple of misconceptions about that. Um, and there's also what we found a lot with, with young kids is they'll have a delayed um, uh, delayed onset of concussion. So it's not actually until they hop into the car and driving home with their mum that actually go, you know, I don't actually feel that good. So you don't don't think that you need to feel a certain way straight away. Mm. Um, everyone's concussion's different, everyone's brain's different and, and it presents in different in different ways. Yeah. Gents, you've touched on some some really um, um, obviously interesting in your, in your stories are you know, I suppose the would you say the living proof that I suppose there is you said you said Chris, the power of shared experience just speaking with each other led to what you're doing now um, with football clubs, which is uh, very, very important. And how we keep creating this awareness around is going to be a consistent consistent thing we have to keep working on to spread it, don't we? Yeah, yep. Yep, definitely. And look, a lot of people will go through um, their footy careers and not be concussed, and it may not affect them, but we all know someone that has been concussed. Um, and that's why I think it's important that um, just because you're not the individual being concussed, you play a role in their recovery as well. If you're the teammate, if you're the parent, you're the coach, we need everyone to be on board and around supporting that person. The more stronger support network they have, the better. Yep. We didn't reach out and tell anyone, so we had zero support network. That was our mistake. Don't don't make ours. Yep, so of course our, our, our partners who help bring our 
uh, podcast uh, to fruition is think mental health and that importance of just having a mate might just be a simple conversation at your mm. footy club with someone who you can confide in is, is pretty powerful, isn't it? Mm. Massive. Yeah. Massive. Gents, I can't thank you uh, enough for your time. Um, for the latest episode of Bushfully Legends. Hopefully that awareness continues to grow, not only in the country, but also uh, broader football circles. And yeah, as I said earlier, your um, your stories are quite powerful um, and hopefully continues to have an impact on, the, on country football especially. So thanks very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for having us, Tim. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Bush Footy Legends. If you like the show, make sure you like, follow and share with your mates. Here at Bush Footy Legends, we're big on creating environments that support social inclusion and connectedness. Get in touch with us through our Instagram page at WA Country Football or through our Facebook page at WACFL. Oh.